0: trading at episode 170 and don't bet on end of the world scenarios right i see a lot of people are like oh man this is all going to shit this is going to be you know the worst stock market crash in history our dollar is not going to be worth anything um oil is going to be 500 dollars a barrel or whatever um if you bet on end of the world scenarios if it plays out and you're right who are you going to settle with right when the world ends The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading
1: what's up traders and welcome to another installment of the trading up podcast i'm your host cam hawkins and today we've got z the traveling trader in the house now z is a crypto and stock options trader you're going to find out that he didn't really like the finance world when he started out but how he got all the way through that and became a successful trader at the end of it so that's coming up as well as the video we shot after the show where he breaks down a simple little technique he uses to get in and out of the market before lunch so you're going to see that over there on the youtube channel links under the podcast description or this uh the BN, a link at the end of this video if you want to check that out now uh, other things happening here at trading Nut, and it is a busy time here at trading Nut. there's so much going on we've got the trading nut funded cup demo trading competition sponsored by city traders imperium registrations close at the end of this week so don't wait this is the time to get involved jump on board uh it's looking like it's going to be a fantastic tournament uh guys do go and check that out at tradingnut.com there are links over there to register obviously there's probably going to be a link under the video or in the description so go and check those out as well we got live streams galore happening here as well we've got uh, this week we've got brandon abbas uh doing an asian session live stream we've got uh master fx shifu doing london and we've got the team at Ariel fx doing new york and they gave away hundred dollars last time they were on they're going to do it again i believe so if you want to go and check out one go and check that out i think it's probably launching the same time as this episode so if you missed it then they're going to come up again so um, same with master fx shifu he'll be on next week as well So replays are up on the YouTube channel if you do want to see this. And these are streaming everywhere. So Facebook, Twitter, Twitch as well. So if you guys want to see it on one of these channels, then it's over there as well. Uh, Other things happening, we have did number three of the Smart Money Concepts series. So that's up there on the YouTube channel. So go and check that out. If you're looking to get your mindset on point for the trading up funded cup then go and check out my genius trader club with Andy Murphy it is heavily discounted at the moment so if you do want to pick it up at that discount then now is the time to go and do it other things happening here we oh, i did a live q a call with my robot builder club members last week so we covered things like Ashi candles uh automating them obviously automating drawing fibs levels on the zigzag indicator so using the zigzag indicator to draw fib levels yes it is possible trailing stops uh, and a few other things and that's just one of 20 odd live q a calls i've done with these guys uh, if you are looking to automate some or all of your trading then go and check it out the robot builders club is still taking on members at the moment, all right, that's enough from me, guys. Let's hear from my sponsor, City Traders Imperium, before we get on with the show. Righty-ho, folks, I'd like to introduce you to something new here on the Trading Nut channel. It's the Trading Nut Funded Cup, sponsored by City Traders Imperium Funded Trader Program. You can win almost $200,000 worth of prizes, that's for the top 10 winners. And the top price takes away a $100,000 funded account with City Traders Imperium. Folks, if you want to register for this and show your skills as a trader, click on the link above or the link below the video or in the podcast description. Then sign up for free before the 15th of April 2022 and get 10% off any City Traders Imperium funded challenge just for entering the competition. Good luck, folks, and we'll see you in the cup. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Z, the traveling trader, in the house, all the way over there from LA. Welcome to the show, Z. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me, man. Well, look, it's a pleasure getting you on. Um, I know you've been around, uh, started off in Bitcoin, of all things, on YouTube, but I know that's not where your journey started. So I want to hear the full story. So, back in, was it 2010, like how did you get started in trading and, and how did you get to where you are now?
0: Yeah. I mean, it goes way earlier than in 2010. Um, Honestly, the the first time that I was really exposed to trading in the stock market, I was I was a kid. Um, And, you know, I used to be a video game head like like most kids and I was playing Nintendo. And I remember my dad, uh, you know, just walking by and says, hey, you know, that that I, I own a piece of Nintendo. And I was like, what do you mean, pop? You, you don't work for Nintendo. What, what do you mean? You don't own Nintendo. And he's like, no, I own a piece of Nintendo. Um, and I didn't quite get what he meant. And then he showed me this certificate that he had, which was basically a paper share. I'm dating myself now. But back in the day, you know, trading wasn't as electronic as, as it used to be today. Um, and he showed me that that he owned a share in Nintendo. And he's like, do you want one? Do you want a piece of Nintendo as well? And I was like, yeah, of course. So he bought me a share of Nintendo. I can't even remember what it was at the time. It was probably in the single digits uh, in terms of dollars. Um, And then I was like, well, how do I know what this is worth? And then he showed me the Wall Street Journal. He was like, well, every day this paper comes out with all of these, uh, you know, the the stock tickers and and the prices of these stock tickers. And these are called quotes. And you can check them every day in, in the Wall Street Journal. So that was really where I was first exposed to to trading and I was fascinated by this and I would check the price of stocks every single day, specifically the the share price of Nintendo, because that's what I own. And then the second stock that I owned was Kellogg's because I was, you know, also a little kid who was into eating cereal. So, um, you know, I I think that was a a really, you know, for, for parents, I'm not a parent, but for parents out there. If you want to expose your kids to to the stock market you know get them invested in in shares of things that they're into at the time and they'll likely be more interested in it but that's really where where it started and then fast forward um i majored in finance but i happened to graduate at possibly the worst time ever which was around the dot-com bust um so it was hard to find a job i did end up finding a low-level job as a financial analyst in a small trading firm um, that I won't name at the moment because we didn't really end up on, on a, on a good foot. And I ended up leaving the company. Um, I hated the finance world, at least what I was exposed to up until that point, you know, you had to basically work like a grunt, um, you know, get treated like the, the lowest person on the totem pole, put in, you know, endless amounts of hours doing grunt work for, for other people before you can even be respected and i was like no this is not what i signed up for i love finance i just didn't like the the finance world at the time um and did you so, learn
1: anything there was there anything that you sort of took away from that from a like here's something i can leverage
0: yeah i mean you know i i, I did the like the the series seven which you know at, at the time was basically my, my first exposure into options. Um, I didn't trade options at the time, but you know, it, 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 I basically learned about derivatives. Um, but it wasn't, um, you know, I, I, would say that, that really with the advent of, of E-Trade, I think E-Trade w- was the first time that electronic trading really came, came across my radar, uh, you know, along with, with most other people. Um, Trading was definitely not not the way that it is conducted today like there was at the time most people were still calling up their bankers putting in trades um you didn't have access to charts and and you know were able to execute trades on on the fly so you know, I would say that there wasn't much in terms of what we do today that that I learned back then, but certainly from a theoretical standpoint um I learned things that I didn't learn in finance school, like specifically what derivatives were um what drove the price of derivatives, et cetera um But but yeah. And so then I decided to go to graduate school, ended up dropping out Um, throughout school. I taught myself how to how to engineer, uh, you know, basically software, software engineering, coding C++. Um, So ended up getting a job in software and, you know, trading, trading basically on on the side. In 2008, the financial crisis hit. That was the first time that I really had a little bit of money because I had been working in software for a few years. Uh, I was also in a motorcycle accident and I got, uh, I think it was like a $60,000 settlement. So I ended up putting all the money that I had into, into the markets at the time as the markets were crashing. Um, and then 2010, I, when I was working a, a software job, a contract software job, there was a group of other people who were trading options on ThinkOrSwim, and they were also software developers. So we started this options trading group <laughs> at work where we basically did very little work, did a lot of trading, and we would share ideas, backtest stuff. Um, and it was really one of the most formative experiences I've ever had. And that's why I tell people, you know, make sure that you get with communities that, that do the same thing that you do um, because you learn from each other much quicker. You learn from each other's mistakes much, much quicker. Um, you get to backtest stuff. You have a lot more data when you operate in, in groups. Um, you know, that's why I think now you see like Wall Street bets, Discord groups, etc. Why why those are so good for trading is because people have the most amount of information that we've ever had, and the retail trader has never really had that kind of information before, right? So, yeah,
1: yeah. That's quite a quite a unique situation. So you're literally getting paid to work at this company, but still doing <laughs> basically spending all your time back testing yeah. on the markets.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was not <laughs> a very good employee to say the least. <laughs>
1: Uh, I've had jobs like that before as well, where I, I think I, I mean, this was a, I was in a team where I ended up literally teaching myself cause it was such a boring job. There was nothing to do. I taught myself HTML and then how to touch type. Um, because it, obviously you can sit at the computer and I think the internet had just, just come around at that point as well. Um, okay. So cool. So you, you ended up back testing the stuff. You, how did you get into the actual trading of it? And do you remember placing your first trade and how confident were you and all that sort of stuff?
0: Yeah. Well, I
1: actually paper
0: traded for three months before committing a single dollar uh, to options. Like I said, at that time I had been investing, especially throughout the, the, the financial crisis of 08 of and 09. Um, but I hadn't really done any sort of day trading, swing trading, and certainly not any sort of derivatives trading. And the first time I applied for options trading on Thinkorswim, I was actually denied. Um, because I didn't answer the questions properly or they didn't think I had <laughs> enough experience. So I actually paper traded on Thinkorswim's platform for three months before committing a single dollar. Um, and, you know, no matter how much you paper trade, anyone that plays sports can can relate to this. Um, no matter how much you practice, when it's game time, it's a completely different different scenario, right? Like you, your palms get sweaty, you're like... You know even though you've, you've been practicing for for a long time you still kind of get hesitant when the scenario becomes real life and, and no longer practice right so um yeah that the first thing i did was just like anyone else you know bought calls and, and puts and just saw the effects of that and then you learn really quickly if if you you know dig really deep into options trading that um you know you can make consistent income doing things such as vertical spreads iron condors and whatnot and over time you know i learned those strategies you're not going to learn everything on on day one but
1: yeah and so, so i mean i actually had an options trader on here recently and or a few months ago and they were talking about how it was a quite a nice way to get into shares obviously finding a stock or that they want to invest in and then Buying the option on it and obviously if the option didn't work out, they got the shares or the stocks. You call, I would call them shares over here. Um, and you get to invest in that company and hopefully it goes up. Is that something you do on a regular basis, just out of interest? Uh no, no. So I rarely exercise
0: the options. Um, you know, I'm sort of the typical um options trader where I'm looking to leverage options uh you know sort of these derivatives to to gain more cash i'm I'm not looking f- to own the shares through the utilization of, of options now every once in a blue moon yeah like if if there's a stock like tesla's is a good example of this because it's a very expensive stock um, when it does tank i will sell a cash secured put i don't know if your audience a lot of your audience audiences is familiar with options trading but basically setting a price for what you're willing to pay for for tesla um so i will sell like the 500 dollars cash secure put on tesla if tesla never reaches 500 dollars then you keep the money that you sold the put for um if tesla hits 500 bucks or below then you're obligated to buy 100 shares of tesla at 500 bucks which most people would relish the opportunity to do um so once in a blue moon i i will do cash secure puts on stocks that i really want to own that have taken a beating otherwise i'm really just looking to get out of those contracts for a cash gain as opposed to owning the
1: shares mm. and so so how did you sort of migrate from um well how did you you you've you know paid trade for three months you've got it got on the markets you're now starting to live trade how did that go
0: um yeah i mean you know there were bumps in the beginning for sure uh you know I, I tell a famous story about how I basically lo- like I, I, had got, I had I had done pretty well up to that, uh, you know, up to a certain point, like initially there were obviously bumps and I was a losing trader, but then once I got the hang of it um, and I, I learned some of these more complex strategies, I still was a novice, but I was making an okay amount of money, uh, not enough to quit or anything Um but I really took one on the chin one time where I executed a trade incorrectly. Um, And this is sort of the the danger with with options is that if you're not on your P's and Q's, you know, you can get smacked pretty hard. Um, And I opened, I ended up opening, basically I I wanted to do do an an iron condor position. Um, I ended up opening more short calls than I had intended um, and I went away for lunch and I had gone to to subway with uh, some of my coworkers, and I came back and I was down thirty thousand dollars just on a mistake and I remember thinking to myself at that time, I think the cost of a subway franchise was around <laughs> thirty or forty thousand dollars, and that's where I had gone to for lunch and I was like, man, the amount of money that I just lost, I could have bought a subway." <laughs> <laughs> and I lost thirty thousand dollars, just gonna go, you know, going to get a sandwich, not paying attention to to, to my trade, um, you know, coming back and and getting wiped out. So, um, you know, there were definitely some some bumps in in the beginning, and that's why I advocate people, you know, di- to paper trade as much as possible. These things are we have endless amounts of resources now, whether it's YouTube or Google or you know, whatever, even your, your broker, like TD Ameritrade or Charles Schwab will have education centers. Like there is no
1: excuse not to, not to learn this stuff before jumping head first. Right. So, and, and how do you, how do you come back from a $30,000 loss? And was that a significant percentage of your account? Uh,
0: at the time it was significant. Yeah. Um, you know, and you sort of get that, that lump in, in your throat, like, like, you know, an apple sized lump in your throat. Um, but, you know i it, here's the thing um like i'm i'm a believer that you know y- you sort of have to involve yourself in vehicles for human development right and what i mean by that is i'm i'm into a lot of things a lot of, i have a lot of hobbies uh i i play a lot of sports i love poker i love motorcycle riding and you can learn a lot of things from from each of those disciplines and from playing poker for for a lot of years you learn real quick not to get tilted and you know one one bad loss you're going to have to play tight and grind it out until you can get your bankroll back into a position where you can take bigger risks Um, and I learned that specifically through poker and I try to take things that I learned from different things, whether it's boxing or basketball or poker or whatever. Um, and I try to take those and use those as, as sort of uh, parallel lessons with trading or with other things in life. Right. So that mindset that, that I learned playing poker helped me a lot in terms of uh, not getting tilted as they call it in poker, meaning, you know, basically ending up making bad decisions because you took one on the chin um and playing tight, you know, grinding it out until I got I got my bankroll back to to where it was supposed to be. Right, mm-hmm. a lot of times you you run the risk of uh, sort of throwing your hands up in the air, giving up, making stupid decisions, trying to get that money back. But the the strategy, you know, should actually get tighter when something like that happens to you, not looser.
1: And it just so to to so I, I suppose. Give the guys who who aren't options traders listening a, a, a view on it. How much of it is is the strat the options strategy you're applying? And I, I mean there are obviously fixed strategies like the Iron Condor and other things versus reading the chart and being understand exactly what's going on and from a price point of view.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm a big believer in TA as well. I mean TA is something that, that I've been sharpening since, you know, I first executed a, a, a stock trade. Um, you know, now there's no excuse. We have trading view. Like I couldn't, I can't believe that, you know, basically on a device, you can have the most advanced charting platform ever in your pocket. You know, I wouldn't have imagined that when I was in finance school and we had a little Bloomberg terminal in the corner of of the classroom that everyone had to wait to, to get on basically. And the charting wasn't even that great. Um, and then, you know, you had Yahoo charts, which were so rudimentary. Compared to what you have now with TradingView, which with the free account you can add indicators and you know whatever you want, any time frame you like, you can zoom in, zoom out. It's it's so robust. Um, but it all begins with the chart for me. Even with options trading, uh, I'm I'm checking levels on the chart, and I'm sure we'll, you know we'll we'll get into some more specific specifics later. But yeah, it all starts with the chart. I'm not executing options trades uh, blindly, right? Like the chart is what dictates whether the momentum is going in a certain direction and it will also dictate the levels at which um there is support and resistance
1: and then i design trades around that data awesome and 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 so okay so you've you've you know taken a big loss you obviously get back to the point where you've you know you've grown this account and i assume there's a time when you decide i'm ready to leave leave my job is that right
0: Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, yeah, you know, like 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 we were saying before the call started, a lot of people look at your position now, whether it's how many subscribers you've amassed on YouTube, you know, whether it's the fact that you trade as opposed to working. um, And it's very easy to get jaded by that and think that, you know, that position has come easily. Um, It took years between when I first started trading and now, right? I mean, we're talking about at this point what, four, 14 years since 2008 and uh, 12 years since 2010. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it took a it took a very long time um before that happened. So, it it wasn't like an immediate thing. It was only a few years ago that that I stopped working, right? Um so, yeah, I mean, you have to fall in love in love with the process and and don't look at at someone's finished product. You know, talk to them about the grind that it took to get them there. Talk to them about, you know, their losses and, and talk to them about, you know, for instance, like, like with YouTube, how many days you spend re- making videos, editing videos, releasing them and nobody watching and how, how easy it is to get disheartened and discouraged by that, right? Um, but there's something that, that forces you to keep on going. And that's the difference between those that make it and those that,
1: that stop. Yeah, I suppose that and like it comes up every Well, every every second episode it seems to come up. Just don't give up. Just carry on. You've got to take the hit and move on to the next. Uh, the next day, start again. Um, now, uh, okay, so you 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 obviously transition into crypto, which seems sort of like you know quite different from options. I mean, how on earth do you make that switch? Uh yeah, it wasn't really uh it
0: wasn't really a switch, it was more like an addition. Um you know, you end up becoming sort of a a degenerate, you know, <laughs> after after being exposed to so many different types of derivatives. Um you know, I tried forex for a while, it wasn't for me. I, I felt like there was too much of a time commitment and capital commitment to make gains that I could make with much less time and much less capital through options the thing that really interested me about crypto one was the concept of Bitcoin as money, which I'm sure a lot of people uh, can agree with, especially if you're critical of, you know, the central bank system that we have in in Western countries. Um, You know, the fact that, that our currency isn't really backed by anything anymore. Um, So there was the, the idea was, was what I fell in love with first. And then from a trading perspective, The crypto markets open 24 7 so what better way for a degenerate to spend their weekend (laughs) when the options market is closed than to trade crypto right um but at that time like 2016 2017 it was also sort of like a fraternity sorority sort of thing where you know people that were involved in crypto it was a small community and there was sort of pride in that as well so yeah there there were a few things that that really attracted me to it at the time um and then, like I said, from a trading perspective, it was you know twenty four seven so um
1: yeah and you obviously went went through from that like i mean back in twenty fifteen twenty sixteen i don't, i not even don't even know what bitcoin was back then, but I'm guessing it was like below ten thousand you obviously went through that it was it was below one thousand below one thousand <laughs> oh, it man. wasn't below ten thousand yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. below 10,000 and also below 1,000. Um <laughs> so, so so how how did you I mean did you sort of foresee and this the initial spike to 20 and then where it's got to in the last past year?
0: No, definitely no. Definitely did not foresee foresee the spike to 20. Um but I did foresee uh, you know, I don't want to sound like an oracle, but I did think that we would get above 20 once we hit the 20 threshold. Um you know that the path from twenty to sixty five is not that drastic. The path from less than a penny to twenty thousand is historical is mm. monumental, right That's never happened yeah. with anything yeah so yeah, it was much easier to believe that Bitcoin can go from twenty to sixty or sixty five than you know from below a penny to to twenty k. I definitely didn't foresee going to twenty k i mean I remember buying Bitcoin when it was below a thousand and people calling me crazy at the time. Um, you know, and then once it hit two thousand, I'm like, look, I'm a genius. I doubled my money. Um but for sure I didn't foresee it hitting hitting twenty K. That that run in
1: December two thousand seventeen was insane. And right? have you got any horror stories around like if only I'd done this and like, you know, because you're obviously active in it before one thousand. I mean, did you manage to hold any that, uh, if you're willing to divulge?
0: Yeah. Um, it, sir, with Bitcoin, I, I came at a good time because, you know, look, I people, it's very easy to criticize someone who, you know, had Bitcoin when it was worth a penny or whatever and then sold it when it was a dollar, right? And they're like, oh, I just 10x my money. It's very easy to criticize that person, but put yourself in that person's shoes. Right. Like you're talking about this Internet funny money at the time. We're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. when it was first uh, introduced, nobody thought that they could 10x their money. And there was hardly anything called an exchange at, at, at that time. Right. So it's very easy to crit- criticize someone like that. Like, oh, you're an idiot. You know, how didn't you know that it would go to 20K? But for me, I, I, I sort of came in at the right time because Bitcoin had hit these astronomical heights close to a thousand dollars. So it was definitely gaining some serious credibility and it was a lot easier for me to hold uh, or trade at those levels than someone who bought it at a penny and was tempted to sell it at a dollar. Right. At that point, you hundred X your money if you Mm -hmm. bought it at at a penny and sold it at a dollar. Right. Um, So, yeah, I don't have any crypto horror stories, to be honest. Um, it, It wasn't. You know, I, I it wasn't really maybe it was it was just timing. Um, maybe I would have if, if I came in earlier, I would have been, you know, instead of the the, the Bitcoin pizza guy, maybe I would have been the, the Bitcoin burger guy. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I don't have any crypto horror stories, to be honest. Now, there are certain things where people have put altcoins on my radar and I have ignored them um, only to find out that, oh, I would have made hundred million dollars if i just put in five five k like someone told me to you know what i mean yeah. um so definitely there are missed opportunities with altcoins but i mean that's like
1: it is know. what it is isn't it it's like yeah, yeah. nobody's a crystal ball um now uh, what about like transitioning from a charting point of view to, to to crypto did you have to do anything different or was it pretty seamless yeah
0: the chart is is Basically the same. The only thing with crypto is everything is accelerated. So, for instance, with stocks, you define a bear market by a drawdown of 20% or more, right? That's just like a Tuesday night for Bitcoin. So it's like, you know, trying to define whether something is in a bear market or not. You cannot use the same uh, definitions that you would in, in stocks for crypto trading. The charts themselves, the patterns, all that stuff they are transitional um or i guess um relatable but the moves are way more violent and you have to be conscious of that right and you, and you cannot because it's a 24/7 market you can't leave
1: big leveraged positions open either right and go to sleep comfortably <laughs> it's, i suppose so, you you've, you've probably had to like uh, enact you know moving from this options world where i'm like you've got obviously points where you get out but you obviously had to get it's you know straight there's no option as you're in and you're out um how do you how did how's your sort of uh, risk to reward look like on a on a crypto trade um well what do you mean in terms, um, of... in terms of like your stop loss versus your take profit i mean what's the difference in size right uh
0: that's a good question it is all relative it, it really is based on on what's going on on the chart uh to be honest um, but you do have to allow yourself a lot more leeway in crypto. Um, and then there, because the Gini coefficient with crypto is so bad, the Gini coefficient is basically um, how distributed is that asset, right? And Bitcoin has one of the worst Gini coefficients of any asset on planet Earth, meaning that only a handful of people own most of it. So it's very easy to manipulate Bitcoin. You see that all the time right? It's mm. so easy, especially with the introduction of Bitcoin futures. It's so easy to manipulate Bitcoin. Like if I was a Bitcoin whale and I owned billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin and there's a handful of people that, that are in that position, um, you can easily short Bitcoin on the futures market, right? Dump your Bitcoin on the open market, tank the price of Bitcoin, bank on those futures contracts, and then buy back Bitcoin at a discount. That stuff was happening a lot especially with the introduction of of bitcoin futures in 2018. um so you know it's very easy to get whipped out on on crypto which is why i don't trade it uh anymore in, in in an active manner i still buy it i still you know buy dips on on major crypto assets um i'll trade it every once in a blue moon but i don't i'm not active like i was you know back back in the day
1: where i was constantly trading it um in and out cool uh, one thing that's quite interesting what you said earlier which was around the time uh, factor with stock options versus forex and i suppose versus bitcoin as well which you've now got experience in what's how, how do you sort of define the i mean can you talk us through like yeah the difference between the time you had to spend on forex the time you had to spend in options and you are like going well this this makes more sense i can make more money and spend less time why would i not do this can you explain that cuz a lot of the guys watching will be forex traders and probably quite interested in this
0: yeah um well forex you know obviously forex the the tick the, the tick moves right they're they're very incremental and unless you're using some sort of leverage you have to commit a lot of capital to make a significant amount of money, right? Because you're imagining that these currencies are moving cents at a time. So you really have to put in, unless you're trading like futures on on Forex, which that's not what I'm, I'm not talking about derivatives here. I'm just talking about Forex itself. Um, You really have to commit a lot of money in order to make a significant amount. And, you know, from my experience, um, you have to spend a lot of time In front of the screen, whereas with an option, um, options are leveraged instruments where, you know, they can make hundreds of percentage point moves in, you know, an hour or two, Um, sometimes in a a few minutes. It really depends on what the implied volatility looks like. Um, But once you learn the mechanics of how options are priced and you can spot, you know, options on Stocks that have high implied volatility, like uh, a good example would be like GameStop or AMC. Um, you know, you can really make significant significant amount of money with a much less capital commitment. Because remember that that each option gives you the right to control a hundred shares of stock. So by nature, it's it's a leveraged instrument. So unless you're trading a derivative on on forex, like if you're trading dollar futures or something, which are leveraged as well. Um, you know, you have to commit a lot of money in order to make incremental gain in in forex. And for me, the time commitment wasn't that. It was just kind of like diminishing returns for me. Okay. Um, I'm, I would...
1: I'm going to educate you on this one. So, I don't know when you looked at the forex market, but things have obviously advanced from here because it's um, you can get everyone's offering leverage up to like one thousand to one leverage. So, so you can now start off with very little in fact and get massive massive um leverage on that and so whenever you joined it it must have been or whatever broker it was it must have been um they must have been going oh we're not going to give them any leverage on this one um because it's it's now yeah now you can get in with like very little money and have massive leverage if you want so oh yeah sorry <laughs> sorry M-
0: misunderstanding um i was saying like if you're not trading a leveraged product in in forex,
1: oh, okay, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. most people do yeah, now trade with the leverage. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you can't even. I, I mean, they, I know they've cut it down in some countries, but it's very hard to even not trade with leverage in forex. Um, yeah, <laughs> funnily enough, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, but and then and then at some point it's like, how many things are you trading? Like, how many plates are you spinning? Right. Yeah. So it's like if you're trying to keep track of your stock portfolio you're also trading options, you're trading futures, you introduce crypto, it's like how many things can you do, right? So it's like for me, um, the one that I had the least experience with and the one that was least attractive to me was was Forex.
1: Um, and and it's how, like, do you, how do you whittle yeah. down those stocks that you're, you know, there's obviously thousands, thousands of stocks. How do you whittle them down to find the ones that you're going to trade? Um, well, really, you can make a
0: living just okay. So with with options trading, your your bread and butter is made with liquidity, right? Um, if you're trading options that are illiquid, they have a very wide bid ask spread, which already prices you out of a trade, right? So say the bid ask spread is a twenty percent difference, meaning that the the ask price, um, if if you bought some, if you bought an option at the ask price and then you sold it at the bid price immediately you're already down an automatic 20 percent, right um you definitely don't want to trade those types of options you want to trade very liquid options where the bid ask spread is very narrow um and usually those stocks are not hard to find i mean i'm sure you can guess what they would be right so you have the index options like the spy which is based on the s&p 500 the triple q is based on the nasdaq and then you have tesla apple facebook uh neo etc right like the, the the popular stocks you can make your bread and butter trading only index options and as a matter of fact there are a lot of options traders that only trade index options right they'll only trade the spy or the queues um so it's not hard to find options that that you want to trade and then now you have you know unusual whales you have cheddar flow these are tools that help you find options flows right um, like i said the, the retail trader now has more tools at their disposal than ever before so using these tools you can already find options that are liquid it will you know it, it it's populating all day and i can show you a screenshot of it but it's populating all day showing you what are the most liquid options and you can literally then take that information and say oh shit there's A zillion contracts traded on facebook today let me go to facebook's chart and see what it looks like and maybe design an options trade around what is going on with with the chart so it's very easy nowadays to find uh tickers to to trade it's it's all based on liquidity and like i said i mean you could stick to the same ones every single day if you wanted to
1: now now what does your
0: typical trading day actually look like uh so my trading day actually starts before the market opens because um especially now in during this time where we have epic volatility uh, due to a lot of the macroeconomic issues going on, um, you know, 2022 has certainly been a very volatile market, especially with fed policy changing significantly this year. Um, I've been day trading a lot more than I used to. So 2020, 2021, it was so bullish that, and I think somebody experimented with this, but you could have easily had a monkey with a dart board you know picking picking ticker symbols right um and everything was going up literally everything right like you could think of uh you know any meme stock or high beta stock i mean what quantum scape was trading at like 160 zoom was trading at what 500 bucks um just just insane valuations i i don't even remember what roku's price was but it was insane um shopify was trading at you know over 1200 bucks so you know, it was very easy to just maintain a bullish sentiment and say, open up a bunch of bullish call spreads, or even just buy outright calls. um, And, you know, really just make your bread and butter that way in in the bull market. Nowadays, um, it's so volatile that you you cannot get by with that type of strategy. So I wake up in the morning, um, about an hour before the market opens, and you know I'm on the West Coast, so that that is pretty brutal here. It's about 5:30 a.m., um, and I'll draw my levels pre-market uh, on on ThinkOrSwim. Right, I'll be tracking it, tracking the, uh, the the pre-market levels on the ticker symbols that that I want to trade options on, and I'm basically looking for flushes or breakouts. Um, and I can share my screen and we can go over what that looks like in specifics if you want later, but. Um, Yeah. I essentially draw those levels and I, you know, map it out and I have a list of tickers and the levels for each of those tickers. And if it crosses above a certain resistance level, then I'm buying calls, right? Which is a bullish bet. Basically, if it goes below a a support level, then I'm buying puts, which is a bearish bet. Um, And that is basically how I start my trading day. And then throughout the trading day, I'm looking at things like earnings. I'm looking at, at sentiment. I'm looking at macroeconomic factors. If I think there'll be a bump in oil, then I might look at oils chart and see if I can design an options trade around that. Um, yeah, it's it's very, aside from from the pre-market plant planning, um, what happens throughout the day is very haphazard. It's not as pretty <laughs> as, uh, you know, pe- people always ask, oh, you know, share your strategy. Well, after the, the bell rings, and I enter my day trades, um, you know, I, I generally don't day trade after a couple of hours when the market opens. You get the most volatility at market open and at market close. What happens in between is, is a lot of sideways trading, which is not good for day trading. Um, so those in between hours is is really when I'm, I'm really scatterbrained. Like I have CNBC going on on one screen. I got TD Ameritrade going on the other screen. You know, I'm reading articles about what Jerome Powell just said um you know what's going on in right now with the geopolitical issues in russia ukraine how that might affect oil prices whatnot so it's just spinning plates all day trying to find uh swing setups aside from the day trades that that i open in the morning so yeah it's uh it's a very hectic way of making money but (laughs) i
1: i wouldn't trade it for anything else right And, and so what do you think made you different from everyone else out there who's like struggling to make this work uh in the beginning? Have you got any traits or anything like that? Do you think that made you um, find success?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I I always tell people that there is not a substitute for building a quality long-term portfolio, right? Like, when I look at some of the cost bases of, of some stocks that I bought in 08, 09, it just, like, even me brings tears to my eyes. Like, oh, man, I wish I had more money and I bought more Apple or, you know, more Amazon at mm. the time. Um, so, you know, in my view, building a long-term portfolio alongside whatever you're doing is, is a must, um, whether you utilize a basic dollar cost average averaging strategy, where if you have a paycheck, you're putting a certain amount every month into high quality stocks or indexes. Um, and then alongside that implementing a strategy that conforms to the time that you have, right? You can't be a day trader. If you're stuck at work all day, you just can't. Now you can practice, uh, on the weekends, uh, after hours, you can back test, you can practice. Um, but you know, it has to conform with the lifestyle that you have currently. So, you know, if it's swing trading, then learn everything about swing trading and the difference between swing trading and day trading, day trading, obviously you're making trades in and out all day. Um, and swing trading is holding a position for a few days to a few weeks. Um, so trade Alongside what conforms to your lifestyle and your you know your timing availability um, I think what makes me different what makes our community different than others that I've seen and I'm not saying that I'm the only one that does this but um, certainly you know I would say that that it stands out is that I wake up every day neutral right and I am equipped with the tools that, allow me to take a, either really any any directional position right if you if all you know how to do is buy stocks then the market needs to be bullish for you to make money plain and simple that's it right if you know how to set up neutral strategies bearish strategies bullish strategies hedges etc then you're equipped with a much heavier toolbox that allows you to survive during times like this right um, and there's nothing wrong with just buying and holding. Trust me, like the American stock market is the most resilient market in human history. Um, but, yeah, it, it, being able to play any direction, even, at you know, even a neutral sentiment is, I think, what what separates
1: us from from a lot of of traders for sure and and so so thinking about i mean you've touched on a couple of mindset things here in the show i mean have you got anything that you've had to sort of overcome with with your own trading and have you got any advice for guys around getting their mindset right 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 guys and girls by the way yeah 20 <laughs> no i'm
0: saying that because 20 of of uh, our youtube i look at the analytics all the time is made up of of females. And that's something that, that I'm, I'm proud of. And we have a lot of, uh, strong female traders in, in our discord community for sure. Um, but yes, uh, one thing that that I would say is don't intermix your long-term positions and short-term ones. This is one of the most endemic problems that I see is, you know, you have your trading account, whether it's Robinhood or whatever. Um, and, you are ba- the, the problem that i see a lot of newbies make and even experience and even i've made this and to this day still sometimes struggle with it is you convince yourself that you're buying something for the long term right like you have conviction in this company you like its valuation you've taken a hard look at its balance sheet income statement at its guidance etc and you're like okay this is a company that i'm that i'm gonna put my warren buffett hat on and take a position in right um shit happens, you know, market takes a turn, whatever Um, you have your long-term positions alongside your short-term ones, and they're kind of all in this mixed bag. And now you're looking at your long-term positions, but you're inclined to make short-term decisions based on what's going on in the market now. So you might look at a, at at a stock position that you still believe in long-term, but because of where the market is now, you sort of lose confidence and you're like, fuck it, I'm just going to sell everything. And it's very easy to apply short-term sentiment to your long-term position. So, I would say one of the things that helped helped me the most is opening up separate accounts. And this is easy to do if you're on an established broker like TD Ameritrade or Fidelity or Charles Schwab. You have your um, umbrella account, and then you can have you know multiple accounts under that. Um, so, I have a long-term account that I I don't I try not to look at every day, and then a short-term account. That way, I'm not intermixing my short-term sentiment on my long-term positions right so i would say that is one of the biggest problems that that i see um and then for sure you know plan your trades trade your plan i mean that's much easier said than done but before you click on the buy button why are you doing that ask yourself that why am i doing this like say it out loud why am i doing this (laughs) right do you know what that price represents. Is it a good entry? If it's a good entry, why? Um, When, when are you planning on exiting? Is this a long-term position, a short-term position? If you're planning on exiting, where's your stop limit? What is that in relation to where you think your profit taking is? Um, I don't think enough people do that. I think that they, you know, might listen to YouTube videos or read stuff on wall street bets and they just are clicking by all day long because they feel like activity equals productivity and it doesn't. Activity does not equal productivity. A lot of times, the most productive thing you could do is sit out, right? Mm. If there's no, if you cannot find a good reason for entering a trade, the best thing to do, and the easiest way to make money, is to sit out, right? You can make money or hedge at least by sitting out. Cash is also a position. Cash is not, you know, ca- cash is not uh, frivolous. Yeah, it's worth something. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's. So, I mean,
1: back to your, what you're saying with poker. I mean, if you've got a bad hand, yeah, might might pay, and you're not paying a um, the, the stake, then you might just sit out, right? You just go, i wait till the next one comes along. Exactly, exactly. And the last thing I'll say is,
0: uh, in terms of mindset, um, is you know, don't trying to time the bottom is one of the worst ways to invest and i'm seeing it now like you know i'm sure you're paying attention to the markets now we've had a nice relief rally over the last week and a half so many people are like oh shit you know tesla was under 700 just less than a month ago and now it's over a thousand again why didn't i buy it you know i was waiting for it to get to 600 and it's like mate if you weren't gonna buy it at 700 trust me you're not gonna buy it at 600 Right.
1: Mm.
0: Um, So waiting for the absolute bottom, that's never going to happen. And you have to come to grips with that. Yeah. Right. You have to come to terms with that, that you will never catch the absolute bottom and you will never sell the absolute top. Instead, look at the company itself. Does the price point it's currently at represent something valuable to you? Right. Um, And don't bet on end of the world scenarios. Right. I see a lot of people are like, oh, man, this is all going to shit. This is going to be. You know, the worst stock market crash in history. Our dollar is not going to be worth anything. Um, Oil is going to be five hundred dollars a barrel or whatever. Um, If you bet on end of the world scenarios, if it plays out and you're right, who are you going to settle with? Right. When the world. (laughs) ends? Exactly. I I think Art Cashin, the legendary (laughs) Art Cashin said that, right? He's like, don't don't bet on end of the world scenarios, because if the world ends, who are you going to settle with?
1: that's two great pieces of advice that that's fantastic now um uh, if there was one thing you'd recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering what would it be um i would say from a chart perspective uh support and
0: resistance is hands down the most valuable thing that that you can spot right um, and there are a number of ways, there are endless numbers and uh, an endless number of ways to determine support and resistance. You can use Fibonacci levels, moving averages, whatever. But if you can draw a line at support and draw a line at resistance, you're already halfway there. Right. So determining support and resistance. Um, time frame. make sure that you're looking at a time frame that conforms to what you're trading. I see a lot of traders looking at a five minute chart for long term investing. And I'm like, what are you doing? Or they'll look at a, at a daily chart for day trading um, when they should be looking at, at an intraday chart. Know why you're looking at at, at that specific time frame. So support and resistance frame, And then, uh, you know, learning chart patterns, for sure. I think that's a, a work in progress um, that, you know, you will be grinding at every single day. Um, but, you know, spend 15, 30 minutes a day on on charting and you don't have to do it during market hours you can look at what a stock did throughout the day and, and try to determine where was support and resistance um but like i said i mean we have endless tools at our disposal so that so there's no no excuse but chart at least 15 to 30 minutes a day just like you know playing guitar or shooting hoops or you know penalty kicks or whatever um it you know it's yeah. it's a sport it's cool. a sport
1: Cool. Um, right. We're going to wrap up here with some quick fire questions then, uh, then in the show. So, uh, start off with, how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? Um, I would say with options, I'll answer this with
0: options trading because again, like I, I started tra- uh, investing in 08. So I came in at the right time. I had a little bit of money at the time I was single, no commitments, whatever. Um, so you know, I made money investing pretty quickly, but in terms of trading, I would say two years before I was comfortable with being profitable on a, on a week to week basis. What's your favorite entry setup? Uh, my favorite entry setup is f- trading flushes in in the morning, which is a, a day trading strategy. But, but basically, if you see a stock or an index have a nice run-up pre-market that is usually institutional investors pumping that up because retail traders don't trade pre-market. Once the market opens, they tend to dump their positions on, on retail and those flushes become easier to read. So, you know, once you look at enough pre-market charts and you see that there's a nice vertical run-up, um you can draw a line at 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 support and try to play the breakdown of, of that support level by buying puts or shorting the stock or shorting the index or whatever but that those are when i see those you know i salivate like those are my favorite setups for sure uh and what about
1: strategies for exiting or managing your trades um i
0: if i'm not actively looking at a chart um and I have to step away, I generally set my day trades at no more than 15% uh, stop limit, right? Um, and learn how to use bracket orders too. So in advanced platforms like Thinkorswim, you can basically set up like an OCO or a bracket order where your stop limit is at minus 15% and your take profit might be at plus 15% or whatever your your pro- your target is. Um, but learn how to how to use bracket orders uh, if you're going to step away, don't don't. Especially if you're trading options, don't step away without without a stop limit. Um, otherwise, you can manually manage it. Even if your position is over fifteen percent down, as long as the setup is still valid, I will remain in the position if I'm in front of my screen to monitor it.
1: And what about a recommended trading book or resource? Um, <sighs> trading book. The Bible is
0: uh, Technical Analysis of the Financial Markets by John J. Murphy. Um, however, I do think there are much better ways to learn than books. I think that TradingView and YouTube are probably your best sources. Open up a free TradingView account. Don't get the paid one. Just open up a free one if you're a newbie and start Googling just how to do technical analysis on YouTube or you know how to draw support and resistance. And try to apply what you see on to your chart and in, in trading view.
1: Now, what's your preferred broker and trading platform?
0: Uh, think or swim for sure. I've been, you know, I've been with them since 2010,
1: so for sure, Think or swim. Hey folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100K. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. And uh, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, with one piece of advice
0: is hmm. Yeah, I I I would think that, I would say that if you're gonna take anything away from this, before you click the buy button, know exactly why you're doing it and say it out loud. Why am I doing this? And that's going to help you. I, I think it will progress your trading exponentially if mm. every time you do that, you ask yourself that question out loud. And it might sound stupid at first, but trust me, it's gonna save your ass more often than not. Cool. Uh and before we wrap up, what's the best way for the guys to get a hold of you? Yeah, so on YouTube you can search the, the traveling trader. Um and you know, if you go to any of my videos, you'll see below the uh the, the videos, you'll see my the link to, to my Instagram um and my Twitter. But basically, yeah, the, the, the best way is if you go to the traveling trader on, on YouTube, go to my YouTube channel,
1: um, and you'll see below any video the, the links to all my socials. Brilliant. Well, look, a big thank you to Z uh, for sharing with us today everything we've discussed here, along with all those links, are going to be in the show notes to find them. Simply search for, I'm guessing, it's probably going to be the Travelling Trader or Z in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. Appreciate it, brother. Stay safe out there, traders. Peace. Right, folks so there you have an interview with z Dunn and duster do remember we did shoot a video after this where you can uh find out a little strategy that's going to get you in and out before lunchtime uh, it's called the flush so head over to the youtube channel on the over there on trading nut and you'll find it over there now i'm going to tell you a few other things and then i'm going to wrap up with a little story from my weekend so uh, hold on for that if you really want to hear something interesting now other things going on here we've got that trading up funded cup registrations ending we've got all those live streams which you can probably catch the replay of this week or if you uh lucky enough you'll be able to catch one of them live we'll catch them live next week uh other things the genius trader club doors are open for that and it's at a massive discount at the moment if you want to get your mindset on point for that trading that funded cup then that could be the place to go and get it sorted uh robot builders club as well and they are taking eas or robots on the trading and that funded cup as well so if you're looking to build your own or learn how to build trading robots then head over to my robot builders club and that's what i'll teach you how to do um right guys now this little story so uh (laughs) the weekend that's just been i went away on a three day little uh, trip with some friends it's a regular thing that we do and we play golf they all love golf Oh, for whatever reason my golf is just absolutely terrible. I'm getting worse and worse and worse. And uh when I was playing I, I lost the plot. I completely had that tilt as I found out, that tilt word, that tilt moment where club went, uh the bag was kicked, the trundler was almost throwing, I didn't quite throw it. And uh I said to my mate who organises the whole thing, I said, like, and he's a really good golfer. I said, "That's it. I'm done. I'm quitting golf. I'm quitting golf. I'm over this. I just couldn't hit anything." And uh, and he he panicked because he was thinking, "Hang on a sec. Cam's going to uh, he's he, that's it. He's done. I don't want him to not turn up to another tournament." So he goes, "Right, let, let me give you some tips uh, and pointers." So he gave me like a, a quick three minute uh, session, and I was like, "I'm not going to remember all this stuff." Uh, and anyway next shot i tried what he what he taught me next probably 25 shots if not 40 because you have a lot of shots Uh, i tried what he taught me and it just got worse and worse it got worse and worse now what did it remind me of around trading a it reminded me of the tilt so losing the plot absolutely losing the plot based on what has happened in the past that's not good that's not good so that's like completely destroying your account um the other one is changing your strategy changing your swing changing your strategy don't do it just keep improving what you've got add something to what you've got don't completely change it strategy hopping another another one i'm sure there were some other ones in there around uh just the way i was approaching it By the end of it i had a couple of good shots and i made a slight improvement to what i was originally doing and i actually feel pretty confident about next time i'm going to go out but i thought i'd leave that with you guys and somebody actually said it in the genius trader chat they said that they were going to go out to play golf and they said it is very similar to trading and i've got to say it is very similar to trading on a number of different aspects and that the more you sort of try and relate it back the more you'll go oh yeah it is very similar all right guys that's it from me hope you enjoyed the show hope you enjoyed that little story at the end and we'll see you in the next one